Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. This episode is part one of a two-part series on summer library programming. What is summer library programming, and why is it so important? Tune in to find out these answers and more in this episode of Stacks and Stories. Hi, everybody. My name is Lacey Ellenwood. I'm the Library Development Director here at the Mississippi Library Commission, and I am joined today by our fantastic Continuing Education Coordinator, Kayla Martin-Gant, and we are going to talk with you all today about our summer reading program here at the Mississippi Library Commission and across public libraries in our state. Kayla? Hey, so I have, (laughs) y'all can't see, but I have a lot of information here because first I wanted to just kind of talk about like what the summer reading or summer library program is and why it's important. I have a write-up from the Department of Education uh, talking about literacy in Mississippi. And like, first of all, to kind of understand the context here, even now about 16% of Mississippi adults lack sufficient literacy skills. Now that said, Mississippi has improved a lot of our like literacy and academic achievements in the last few years. Yeah. Which is interesting because you know, you always hear about how we're the the worst and we're always falling behind. And I mean, the key here to remember is that we are steadily improving and the yes. summer library program is a big part of that. So every year, the Mississippi Library Commission supports a statewide summer reading program as part of the National Collaborative Summer Library Program, or as we use the acronym CSLP. And these programs really offset the loss of reading proficiency that children of low-income families can experience in the summer months when school is out of session. And in the past year, when kids were really out of school in homeschooling and learning at home because of the pandemic and just to kind of speak to some of the statistics in Mississippi so Mississippi's poverty rate is 19.6 percent unfortunately it is one of the highest in the nation with 23.5 percent of our state's population being under the age of 18 so if you're a numbers geek that means that out of the nearly 3 million Mississippians in our state close to 140,000 children are currently living in poverty poverty in our state, which is very sad and can speak to some of the difficulties that Kayla mentioned regarding our literacy rates and all of that in the state. So it's really important for our libraries in the state of Mississippi to have a summer reading program. And so this year's CSLP theme is Tales and Tales. And so the Library Commission supports CSLP by providing electronic summer library program manuals to each public library system. And this manual really kind of provides everything a library may need to create some really fun and successful programs to keep kids engaged. And that includes programming ideas, book lists, crafts, internet resources, and a ton more. And so the commission also offers a variety of different types of virtual webinars this past year to support public libraries around our state geared towards the theme and you can find all of those on our lovely YouTube channel (laughs) just to kind of point to some of the 
different types of webinars we offered this year for summer reading program. We did the traditional early literacy and various children's levels of summer library program workshops, but this year we decided to do some geared towards STEAM for children, so supporting science, technology, engineering, art, and math, the lovely acronym for STEAM, and then we elected to continue doing a summer library program geared towards adults, so we have ideas for adults and seniors on our YouTube page, as well as creating an adaptive programming for those of our children that have disabilities across the state. So really kind of providing public libraries with information to adapt their summer reading programs that they've already created in order to serve a wider breadth of the population. Yeah, and that is something that I have noticed that has been steadily improving as well as the years go by, but particularly you know, this past summer with, well, these past two summers Mm -hmm. with the pandemic, because, you know, that has made adaptability more of a necessity than it's ever been. And making adaptive programs and more inclusive programs is a trend that I've noticed, especially recently. I mean, not just here in Mississippi, obviously, but the entire CSLP manual these past two summers has been kind of a lot different than it was in years past, because Prior to this, they tended to separate everything like specifically by age group, and that is very useful. But what they've done in the past year is they still have stuff kind of separated by age group, but what they do is show, you know, different age levels that a program may be appropriate for and how to, you know, scale it up or scale it down depending on the age group that you're looking at. And then it also has, you know, different virtual options if that's what you're going with. And it also has ways that you can adapt it for some of your patrons who have disabilities. And I think that's that's really great. You know, I'm a big proponent of of inclusivity and, and adaptability because, you know, everybody should get to use the library and everybody should get to attend library programs. Yeah, and um, just because you're not seeing certain sections of your population in your library doesn't mean that they aren't a part of your local community and doing these kinds of very easy adaptive techniques to be more inclusive in your programming can really welcome a whole new patron base to your library. And Kayla, talking about the manual in general, uh, before you came and joined us at the Library Commission, you actually used the CSLP manual (laughs) when you were working in a public library. Can you talk a little bit about the resources in the manual that you found helpful as a practicing librarian in a public library in Mississippi? Oh, yeah. And and your mileage is going to kind of vary on that depending on, you know, how large your library is, how well it's funded, and also what your, like, particular skill set is. Yeah. That's something I've always actually found really interesting when talking with other librarians because like some of the things that the manual does is it they always get like a children's book artist to, you know, do all of the the art and illustrations mm-hmm. and graphics and stuff for the program. And they have graphics, you know, that you can take and use for for various, you know, different purposes. And like some years we wouldn't use those at all. Not because I mean we we would use them some, but you know, we had like specific art and decorations and stuff in the library in mind Mm -hmm. that was, you know, more geared to our specific community and more geared to what supplies we had. And I was one of those people that I really liked doing all of the art and decorations. So I was like, just leave it to me. Yeah. But some libraries don't, you know, they don't have the staff to do that. They don't have the time. 
and they don't they're not necessarily super artistically inclined which is not a dig they, they were good at other things that I was super really bad at <laughs> <laughs> and so those like really 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 come in handy and having the option to use something that's already made for you to help streamline your process yes. or something that maybe you could springboard off of to create your own thing if you are more artistically inclined or your library system maybe wants to do something a little extra. Yes, and something I've noticed that they've really included this year because, you know, it it kind of came to the forefront of all of our minds because we were primarily doing virtual programming Mm -hmm. was they do a lot of like social media graphics packages and PSA videos and all of that, which is you know, extraordinarily useful for librarians who, you know, don't have the time to maintain a large, like, social media presence for their library, because that is extremely time-consuming. It's a lot of work. It's more work than I think pe- some people give credit to, the mm-hmm. multiple components and facets of creating a really engaging social media presence for an yes. institution. And and on that level, and it really, you know, all levels of the, the summer library program, but that's something in particular I noticed. I've been really, really impressed with our state this year and our librarians mm-hmm. because, I mean, Mississippi is also notorious for kind of low connectivity. We don't have, you know. <laughs> I think uh, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we are, you know, a very rural state yes. with uh, a severe lack of internet connectivity for pretty much all of our population, not just our more rural populations. And for a lot of our communities, the public library is the only place Mm -hmm. in their service area that has remotely high-speed internet. It can always be faster internet. We always want faster internet, but... It's the only place that has internet, period. There were some places, like, I, where I were, you know, I worked in central Mississippi, and even in some of those places, the libraries only had, like, Mm dial-up. And, which, you know, it's 2020, We're slowly working on that. Yes, Getting more connections. And (laughs) don't worry, like, that's something that that we're always working on. But that's a, a huge component of summer library programs and, you know, library programs programming year round, but it's been particularly noticeable, obviously, this year when Mm -hmm. people can't really get out and can't do stuff. And so I've been really, really impressed with how our librarians have adapted to that and, you know, making all kinds of videos and, you know, all kinds of story time. I mean, getting recognized nationally in yeah. some cases. They've just, they've done a really Shout good job. Shout out to the Starkville Public Library system. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, like, yeah, Lorraine has utilized her environment and done story times with all kinds of farm animals. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that's great. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people really kind of took a shine to this summer is is realizing what you have around you that you can pull in and you know make interesting for everybody because Mississippi really does have a lot to offer on that front and this to me this like summer library program theme was so great for us this year because we got all kinds of animals we've got all kinds of woody areas and we've got (laughs) all kinds of you know museum workers and and you know zookeepers and animal handlers and and all kinds of stuff you know in 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 Mississippi that are like, yes, please let us talk about this. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and the Mississippi State Extension Services have been a big help to yes. a lot of libraries across our state this year with this with the theme of Tales and Tales. Kayla, why do you think summer library program is important in public libraries, but specifically for our libraries here in Mississippi? For, I mean, a number of reasons. You know, you you hear about the summer slide, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a, a big problem, which is, you know, you, you a lot of younger children in particular lose 
an alarming percentage of the you know literacy skills that they gain in school when they don't really read over the summer. Yeah. And for a lot of them, you know, it's not that they don't want to read. It's not that they're not interested. It's just you know when you combine the lack of you know a school day with mm-hmm. The poverty levels here with the rural nature of, you know, that a lot of us live in and with the lack of connectivity, it just doesn't really leave you with a lot of options. Yeah. And the pub, that's where the public library comes in because, you know, public libraries are pretty much like one of the only places in the entire country now that you can go and like, you're not expected to pay anything. Right. Because, you know, you already do. That's where like tax money goes is, is mm-hmm. into your public library. And that's why we're always like screaming to utilize these services. It's a place like the public library isn't just a, you know, a book repository like right. so many people think it is it is genuinely a community place and that's what we intend it to be and the summer library program in particular i think is really important because it is kind of a structured loosely structured but still structured place and program for people of all ages you know not mm-hmm. just kids but in particular children where they can still get that that level of education, particularly literacy, you know, that they're Mm -hmm. not getting in school since they're out, but also it's a fun place. It's a, you know, very community oriented place. We want everybody to come and have a good time. And if you're not having a good time, we want to know why so we can fix that. And, you know, that's, that's extremely important, not, you know, not just over the summer, but, but particularly now. And I think especially for kids too, who don't necessarily get that in school. Yeah you know, depending on on what their school is like or just, you know, what their environment internal and external is like. You know, and there's there's always uh, places that have a lot of extracurricular activities going on. There's, you know, always like a lot of church activity, particularly here in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. But there are always people and always children who don't have that stuff going on in their life. And especially because, you know, a lot of that stuff costs money too. And the library is a place where they can go and and do fun educational stuff in a a safe environment and an environment with other people. You know, so you kind of get that holistic, social, emotional, educational uh, (laughs) mush, for lack of a better (laughs) word. But like a good, a very polished mush. (laughs) Yeah. And in a good summer library program is one that I think isn't strictly educational because yes. no child, no person just wants to be preached to and taught to 24 hours a day all the time. What I love about summer reading programs is their ability to for inquiry, for yes. kids to discover things that in covert learning, um, <laughs> you know, sneaking, sneaking that broccoli into that macaroni and cheese kind of thing. You're getting your veggies, but you're getting some mac and cheese too, which is a terrible analogy. And I'm no, no, it's hungry, not because but. the key, the key there is making sure that the broccoli you provide is good and tasty as well, yes. and letting them learn yeah. that, like, oh no, this actually is cool. I want this. Uh, Look, I my my husband grew up in a very rural environment and mm-hmm. like hated all vegetables. And then when we met, like I introduced him to what vegetables were like when you like seasoned and roasted them yes. properly. So like, trust me, this analogy works for me. <laughs> all of our listeners in like Belgium and Russia are like macaroni and cheese. What are these crazy Americans talking about? <laughs> but in addition to kind of you your work with summer library program as a librarian, you're also our state rep for the collaborative yes. summer library program and that has a whole nother facet of things that I would love for you to talk about like what you do in your work and and kind of the conference that you're kind of working yes with. so I am pretty new still to being the CSLP rep 
So I'm still kind of, you know, getting my legs under me. CSLP to me is very interesting because it's basically all volunteer based. It's, you know, a, a, a rep from each state and, you know, everybody works together to, you know, come up with the themes and, you know, figure out who the artists are going to be and vote on themes and slogans and, you know, work on the manuals together. And, and because the, the, the purpose of it, you know, is to create a cohesive program that libraries can utilize however they want. And, you know, because the, the idea is whatever we can do to make things easier on them <laughs> is what we want to do. Right. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot more work, I think, than people realize it is. But it is very, like, rewarding work to, to be able to be like, okay, you know, and if we did this theme, which is, you know, like three words, whatever, like, what are the different ways they could, you know, utilize mm -hmm. this? And how can we, you know, figure that out? I am always a big proponent of, like, not taking your theme quite as literally because that really just, like, opens the doors to a lot of different, you know, programs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's extremely useful, you know, to, to have such a robust resource kind of at your fingertips uh, and and also you know you can always keep the old manuals and all of the old like programming information and use that you know throughout the rest 100%. of the year 100 percent. the programs that are in there and from previous manuals those those mississippi librarians that are seeing those old school manuals on the shelves there's stuff in there for you to use it yes. is not just for the summer yes and one thing i i like about cslp that i've noticed since i've become you know a rep is they are really really moving into doing everything they can to be more inclusive mm -hmm. and like when you go on their website there's a there's a whole section that's all about like like, you know, here are like all of these inclusivity resources, you know, when it mm -hmm. comes to, you know, like the racial breakdown of your state and, and working with all different, you know, demographics mm -hmm. when it comes to poverty levels, when it comes to disability. And here are resources where you can go grab all of this stuff. And then we're also, you know, going to include stuff in the manual. And I love that. It makes me so happy. But one new thing we're doing is some of us really, really wanted to kind of blow this up a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and because most public librarians, especially in Mississippi, know about the CSLP, you know, manuals and all of that. Uh, I think we have a few that don't necessarily participate in it. There, there are a couple, they, but they tend to create their own programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what we wanted to do was have, you know, kind of a, a nationwide conversation about it. Mm -hmm. So a few of us have been working together to kind of put together the first CSLP, like, national conference. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it would be a virtual conference. And when you say us, you're talking about other state, state reps. reps. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, as well as, you know, the, the main people behind CSLP. Yes. Just so, you know, everybody can kind of talk to one another and see, you know, what other states are doing and how, you know, they use the, the manuals and, and programs and stuff that they come up with and utilize. Because the more, you know, you share and look at how different places do things, the more ideas you get to, you know, do things in your own state. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize that that had never, like, been a thing before. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, no, that makes sense. But, like, <laughs> yeah, we should definitely make this a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing that's coming up right now is a, a, a nationwide kind of conversation all about CSLP and it'll be you know talking to you know the administration behind CSLP and kind of you know what it's about especially you know for people who are unfamiliar with the organization itself yeah. and it'll be you know kind of talking about the manuals and different kinds of, of programming you can do and and it's gonna be I think really educational for our librarians but also really useful like I said in kind of learning what other places do and, and how you can maybe adapt that yeah because I'm sure there are 
things going on in Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas that like if we our librarians learned about them from their state reps that we could definitely implement some things and oh, yeah. cross pollination. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is too that that I've I've noticed is you know, just just for example, you know, you'll talk to maybe a librarian here in Mississippi and you'll be talking about, you know, a program that you saw and they're like, oh, well, that's in, you know, California. We can't do that here. Mm-hmm. So here's the, the the thing about the United States that so many people don't <laughs> understand and that I have explained to, you know, my, my out-of-country people that I know is like, the U.S. is it's really not split up like geographically like you think it is. Right. The entire country is big metropolitan, you know, <clears throat> urban pockets surrounded by a bajillion miles of farmland. And oh like, yeah, and and you know, just just rural areas. So there is there are absolutely things that are happening in New York and California and all these other places that you can use in Mississippi. And there are things in Mississippi that we do here that states like California and New York and Washington and all of these places have contacted me and been like, hey, like that's a thing y'all are doing. Can you tell us more about that? Right. Like like our, our story walk kits, you know, that here we have at the, the library commission, you know, where you do an outdoor story walk, essentially people, you know, walk along and read a book and, and all of that. And we were like, why don't we make kits of those so that libraries can check them out and use them so they don't have right. to install, you know, something permanent, but can have, mm-hmm. and, and that's been also a, a, a huge thing that's been really useful to a lot of our libraries this summer, yes. you know, during social distancing programming mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And yeah, I've had uh, lots of different states contact us and be like, hey, can you tell us more about how you did that? <laughs> right. So yeah, there is there is so much to be shared, you know, not just in your immediate geographical area, but all over the country. And, and because, you know, they may just naturally, like traditionally do things a little differently somewhere else, they can give you ideas that, you know, never would have occurred to you mm-hmm. because that's typically not how we do stuff. Yeah. Kayla, is there anything else you want to talk about with Summer Library Program before we wrap it up? Uh, endless things, but can you can you ask me something specific? Um, <laughs> I have asked you all of my questions. Um, I just I know you have a plethora of research over on your side of the table. I always do. I always have way more research than I can talk about. Better um, to be over prepared. Yes, true. But no, I just again I really really want to emphasize how proud I am of our libraries these past couple of summers, you know, last summer too was so weird because, you know, we had, we had no idea what was going on and we had all planned all of these elaborate things Mm -hmm. and then had to immediately scramble and figure out, you know, what we could do. And all of our libraries have done as much as they possibly could in like given whatever means they had yeah and for some libraries you know that means they were able to you know really quickly transfer over to you know a lot of like virtual versions of their programs Mm -hmm. and some libraries the what they could do was create um you know like take and make or grab and go programs where you know people could come pick it up and essentially a program in a bag and do that and I think a lot of them have felt like they weren't doing enough, and I want to emphasize, like, no. And you can, I, I just recently got like almost all of our statistics in for mm-hmm. you know that that were submitted to us for summer library program. No, y'all have been doing so much, you don't understand. Right. <laughs> like even our smallest libraries, who you know the the what they could do because say they had flooding, and right. so they couldn't even be in their building to mm-hmm. to 
to create things and they're in you know extremely rural areas they still have like hundreds of programs that are taken by people in their communities like that come pick them up or they went out and gave them out you know at schools and at their community centers and so yeah i'm just i am extremely proud of them for going okay we you know all of our usual options are blocked off and then some we didn't even think about are blocked off what can we still do right and i think um i'm going to end our discussion with talking directly to our public librarians in the state toot your horns you guys have done so much throughout last year's summer reading program this year's summer reading program your community needs to know all the wonderful things that you are doing even if your building is you know maybe not open as much as people wish it were you are still providing fantastic service whether it's through your virtual programming make and takes your online resources you are helping your community and so please please toot your own horns and keep doing the good work yeah don't even call it a humble brag just brag just brag just brag (laughs) You all have earned it. It's been rough. But everybody who is not a public librarian, I hope that you have been inspired to go to your local public library and either go to a summer reading program. Some libraries are still in summer reading program. Or just go to a library program, get a library card, check it out. We'll be a little punny here. (laughs) And we hope that you go and visit your local public library. Thanks so much, Kayla. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time as we talk more about summer library programming, including some of the events our library consultants visited this summer, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.